welcome to Double Meat Medley, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where we take a look at each episode as according to its original air date 20 years ago, and this week's episode is Season 3, Episode 3, Faith, Hope, and Trick. We're going to be talking about plot, we're going to be talking about characters, we're also going to be talking about just general disappointment in the series that I love so much. So, spoilers about for this episode, uh, episodes before and after it, and possibly even other TV shows or movies. Uh, and also the comics. So, if the apocalypse comes, beat me. Keep listening to learn more about Handcuff Pushing Out. Hello, we're back again. Faith Open Trick, episode three. My name is Kelly. I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Stacia. Say hello. Hello. Daniel, say hello. Hi. And we are here to talk about Faith, Hope, and Trick. Originally aired October 13th, 1998. Written by David Greenwald, seventh overall for the series, and co-creator of the series Grimm, which I feel like we might have mentioned before, but I don't remember. Really? Yeah. He also, uh, School Hard was one of the ones he wrote. The other ones are kind of all uh, misses. Um, He also did some directing. And 14 episodes of Angel, yeah. Directed by James A. Cotner, second for the series, but he'll continue to direct throughout the whole show. He does 20 episodes in total, uh, all the way up and through season seven, and 13 episodes of Angel through the whole thing of that, too. So, James A. Connor does a lot. Uh, What happened in this episode before we get into it? Let's run through the plot real quick. Let's do it. Uh, There's a new Slayer in town. Here comes a new challenger! Uh, There's also a fun middling baddie named Mr. Trick uh, and Kikistos. He's the bad guy for the episode. Not that that fucking matters. The real story is Faithful Hain is here to stay. The OTP is born. Buffy and Faith forever. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, Thanks, B. I couldn't have done it without you. She has a little ups and downs with Faith, but in the end, they come together to defeat Kikistos, the worst of the worst. So bad, he had to leave immediately. Um, and that's that's about it. We meet a new Slayer, which is a big deal. Oh, let's never forget, though. Sweaty, naked angel. The return of sweaty, naked angel from whatever hell dimension he came from was was uh hanging out in the, over the summer so that'll be a thing next episode um that'll be the whole thing next episode but for now that's it faith let's talk about uh a faith so before we we talk about our first i just want to get a general real quick Stacia, how did you feel about this episode succinctly did you like it eh. okay daniel what, hard meh really <laughs> wow cool. i hated this episode a lot back in the day because yeah. i had faith and yeah. right off the bat i hated her oh well i mean yeah and she threw I up in kind of liked her, and then I was like, oh, but I kind of remember why I hate you. And then I just hated her, and it was good. <laughs> All right, then. But I enjoyed it a lot more than I did before. I happen to love this episode for a couple of reasons that I will tell you about in a little bit. But first, what? I can't first, 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 first. Uh, Faith is basically the story here, first appearance of her, and Trick, who is, he'll be in a couple of episodes, a handful throughout the season, so it's worth mentioning. Uh, and first, cloven, first and only, cloven handed and footed the vampire. Only. That we know of. Um, <laughs> they made it such a big deal. Like, I, they're so evil that they no. get cloven feet. So we never actually meet anything that's actually as evil as Kikistos. Well, if cloven-footedness is relative to evilness, then yeah, there's nothing as evil as Kikistos. I think Giles implied that it was just time. Mm-hmm. He'd been around for so long. So not so much evil, just he's been around right. for a long time. Yeah. Then why didn't the Master have cloven that's what we're going to talk about. Cool. Can't because wait. I What's up with that? hate it. You still don't understand, do you? Fun fact. Darling Violetta, who is the band who's playing at the bronze, also does the theme song for Angel. That's pretty fun. That's why it's called Fun Fact. <laughs> so, 
I'm going to start with saying why I love this episode, and we'll continue over the course of it of, of why you guys are so indifferent. Um, this episode for me is the first episode of the season, because we had those two clunkers that we could just really cut those off and start with Faith, Hope, and Trick, in my opinion. Um, this is the fun. This is like prime Willow. This is my favorite Willow. She's just like happy and carefree and getting along with Oz, like trying to learn about magic, but like her fashion's already stepped up. Now, granted, it's still fuzzy sweaters, but it's like she's wearing red pants with a blue fuzzy sweater. She's got the color contrast going on. And then in the next scene, uh, she's got blue pants, red fuzzy sweater. I'm just saying like pink, like she's, she's stepping up her fashion. Her hair's on point. She's just like coming into her own. It's my favorite Willow. Uh, the series is getting fun again. I feel like there's a lot of melodrama in season two um, where we're supposed to feel like things are dire. Uh, and that's a, a big theme of that season. She's like, oh, things are so uh, angel and uh, everything's really scary and intense for Buffy. And this is just like, we're going to have fun. But here's this character who is nothing but fun. She's fucking crazy. And we're going to do neat shit. Uh, Buffy's going to get to a good place. We're trying to get over Angel. Obviously, sweaty naked Angel puts a kibosh on that. But uh, I don't know. It just it, it, This is what the show, my favorite things about the show. And I think season five really got back to that again, too. And I think that's why these are my, my favorite seasons is they found the fun, B. They, they just, I don't know. It Nothing seems as shitty. I mean, we get there in certain episodes, but not really. And I love the mayor. Everything about it is just fun. And this is the first example of that. Things feel brighter. That scene when they're walking out at the very beginning, like doing the lunch thing. Again, Prime Willow, just fun. Maybe we shouldn't be too couple around Buffy. Oh, you mean because of how the only guy that ever liked her turned into a vicious killer and had to be put down like a dog? Can't she cram complex issues into a nutshell or what? <laughs> All right, prepare to uncouple. Uncouple. I like everything that you said. I think that that's really nice. I think the best part about the show and the best part about this episode was all of our friends talking and hanging yeah. out. Uh, Kikistos was a natural clunker of a bad guy that they've introduced many times before. So I, at this point, have no expectations. I mean, I know what's coming and they're fine, but like, whatever. Just another throwaway bad guy. Um, we got this new Scott character, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I don't know. It's it's all fun when they're all hanging out, but it's just not a really great episode. Episode. I, I don't know what to word. The lowest like. parts are the monster or the weak parts, um, and a little bit of fate. The clunkiest dialogue, I think, is what's the first rule of slang? Don't die. Yeah. And you did that, Faith. You didn't die. And then, like, just screaming over the din. Remember, Faith, don't die. Like, <laughs> that's really rough. So, if we could cut out the whole monster of the week part of this episode and really just deal with the development of, like, hey, we have a new character, that throws off the dynamic and and yeah. catch up with our friends for the first time, really, because Anne Buffy wasn't there. Oh, right. Dead Man's Party, we're dealing with all that. True. So this is our first episode with our friends, and we have to intercut it with almost bad guys. True. Uh, Trick is cool. I'm glad he stays around, but yeah. Yeah. Stacia, why was this like a meh episode for you? Um, I don't really like face. <laughs> you guys are a hoot and a half. I mean, if I'd had friends like you in high school, I probably still would have dropped out, but I might have been sad about it, you know? Yeah. I don't dislike her. I'm just like neutral towards her. Faith and Buffy, Faith and Angel, or Faith all together? Because Faith and Angel is a lot better of a character than Faith and Buffy. Maybe it would be more interesting to me if I felt like she was more like a truly chaotic character. Like, I feel like they try to paint her that way. But they also gave her this, like, secret pain where she just wants the mayor to be her dad and someone to take care of her because she doesn't have that. But then that isn't really explored either. And then she's, like, immediately stabbed. And Mm -hmm. so the whole thing is, like, generally unsatisfying. And I feel a little bit, like... You can't be both, like, a chaotic person who doesn't really care and doesn't really have any allegiances and also, like, desperately needs a father figure in your life. Like, I don't... Those two things feel 
antithetical to me. Like, you can't have both. It needs to be one of them. And so if she was just like, whatever, it's more fun to be around the mayor, maybe it would be more interesting. So, I don't know. No, I get that. I mean, most of her... What makes her irritating is that it's image. Like, none of it's legit. It's only skin deep. She she isn't actually the baddest bad guy. And they don't give her enough space to really explore that vulnerability. And every time they do, it feels schlocky. It feels mm-hmm. like... But you have no idea. You have you have no idea what happened to me or what I was feeling. Did you even try talking to anybody? There was nothing that anybody could do. Oh, you don't know my pain. Uh, I'm so miserable. As opposed to like, no, I'm literally a human and I've had some bad shit happen to me. And instead of, you know, I could be cool about it. But... She is 16, 15, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, part of that's that, too. We were all obnoxious when we were 15. And we were all trying to, to look a certain way to put out into the world who we were. So it's true. I try to keep that in mind a little bit. It's really easy to forget that these are like, teenagers. She's like a well-drawn well, caricature. Like yeah. She's not yet a character. It's not necessarily, I don't know, her reactions to situations. It's, like, her underlying motivations. Like, I don't understand what's driving her at the end of the day, which I think is why I'm left kind of, like, Cause if I just thought she just, cause you know she's got that like want take have moment with Buffy where she's like steal the bow just take what you want we're powerful we're fucking superheroes we can do whatever we want and it's like if that was it and she was just riding this like power high that would make sense to me but then like the mayor moments where she's just like I want someone to take care of me like it, either it needed to be done like more in depth like this needed to be over seasons that this happened. Or something. Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I don't understand what her motivation is from, like, moment to moment. That I can't just be like, yeah, just steal things and burn the town and, like, enjoy that. Because and then we're instantly just like, and now the mayor's taking care of her and she's living in a little apartment. And she suddenly wants to kill Buffy, even though she really has no reason to want to do any of that. Yeah. Why couldn't Giles have been that father figure? I don't know. <laughs> I've seen them. If I'd have known they came that young and cute, I would have requested a transfer. Raise your hand if ill. <laughs> Well, um, they've already kind of laid down like her being aggressively like punching the guy or whatever. Oh yeah, and they're uh-huh. gonna like so I I I recognize that this time, and I'm like, okay, that's a nice touch. Like you're building that up to be a moment later where she goes too far and kills somebody. Mm-hmm. Well done. All of that stuff is pretty good, and I know I'm gonna like Faith a lot more, but I think it's exactly that. It's like they, I don't really understand why any of this is happening mm-hmm. except for that she is just supposed to be some weird foil to Buffy. And, and that's, that's like kind of it. Yeah. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. And I like how she shakes up everything. I think it's fantastic. This episode is very fun. Thanks, B. So the the reason why you don't like this episode is just Faith, generally. Um, Yeah, I know I was talking about like Faith on like a greater scale than just this episode, but like I find her lying about her wrestling alligators kind of tedious. Do you like, think it was a lie? I do think okay. it was a lie. I think that she way overblows all of her stories and it's all a lie. She was already proven herself to be a liar. She didn't come to Sunnydale and was like, I fucked up. Please help me. She came with a huge story and was like, no, my watcher's fine. And I just wanted to see what you're up to. Yeah. And then immediately turned around and tried to run when she realized that she was going to have to deal with someone for her crap. It's like glorifying the stories too. Like there might've been an alligator story in there that maybe is a lot darker and scarier than she wants to talk about, but she just makes it glamorous and makes it sexy, makes it whatever she thinks she needs to. Whereas Buffy is more than willing to acknowledge, like, this shit is scary. This shit is not fun. Mm-hmm. You're making it sound fun, and it's not fun. And I think everybody kind of, like, wants the fun. I mean, everybody's very taken with Faith, which is very mm-hmm. fun and interesting. Uh, from Giles to Willow to Xander, 
which I did not remember. And so it was very funny when they're just like, even when Willow's like, you got to find the fun, B. Mm-hmm. Buffy. Like, yeah. Very, it was, that was very good because, yeah, I mean, we can start to see Buffy as as definitely a little bit stilted compared to Faith. And mm-hmm. Faith is a really cool injection of fun. But I think they did a good job in one episode to be like, well, Faith's not everything she's, you know, portraying herself to be. So mm-hmm. we can still love Buffy and love the uptightness that she has sometimes. And mm-hmm. yeah, Well, she's a magnetic character. She, Faith, that is, is drawing people to her in a way. So we tried this with Kendra, right? And they, mm-hmm. we didn't make her a real character. and We didn't give her an edge or any kind of real personality. We didn't let her exist. So it's interesting that Buffy has her guard up immediately with Faith. Like, clearly she's she's got everyone's attention on her, and it makes Buffy, like, envious and uneasy in a way that Kendra was never a competition to her, never, like, a threat. Um, so it's interesting that all the characters orbiting Buffy are so into Faith in a way that that Kendra... Like, Buffy's never had that rivalry before. You know, she's per- never had a fight for her best friends. I one, think it makes sense. One person you can count on, though, that has Buffy's back. Definitely her mom. <laughs> Definitely her mom. Who does not tell her that she's right. No, she's, Joyce is the worst. And Joyce, Joyce once again says... Buffy can be awfully negative sometimes. See, honey, you gotta fight that. Working on it. Oh, Faith, can I uh, get you another soft drink? Oh, you bet. Thanks. It's really cool, huh? Best mom ever. You know, just let Faith do whatever. What You know, just... Oh, it's really bad. Uh, Joe's really being bad. a classic good mom to everyone but Buffy. Best mom ever. I think the reason why everyone is so taken with Faith is because they've had a struggle with Buffy. Like, we literally just got past Dead Man's Party where everyone's mm-hmm. mad at her and they're just getting over it. Buffy's literally like, I feel like I'm just getting my life back. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. back in school. Like, this literally just happened, like, yesterday. My mom's friend died at a party. Yeah. You know, like, it, feel, it feels like that was so <laughs> long ago, and now we're just immediately back to, like, season two. They're all in the thick of it. But, like, I don't think everything's, like, necessary. We don't see this on the show, but I don't think everything is repaired. Like, you wouldn't immediately just be, like, besties. And then to have what feels like, you know, like shaky ground with your friendships to have this new person come in who seems to do what you do, but better and more funnily, <laughs> funnily, <laughs> but to do it better and to enjoy it more. Yeah. Um, and then your friends to be like, yeah, that's really cool. Tell me more about what you're doing. Like, that's really cool. We're just in this like lame town fighting regular vampires, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I can see why you would be like, but I, I thought you came here for me and you're not even talking to me. Sure. Like, you're just... You could just take my place. What if I wasn't even here? You could have come and I would just be in L.A. and you would just be me. There's a big evil brewing. You'll never be bored here, Faith. So this is Sunnydale, home of the big brew and evil. True. But in Faith's defense, point. during the scene of the runs, she's trying to, to talk to Buffy. She keeps like, no, tell me about you. I want to hear about you. And it's the scoops that are like, yeah, we've already, we don't care. That's true. We were there for the rocket launcher. And that is what's funny about that. Although the rocket launcher thing was fun. And the three was fun. All of that. That entire scene of them sitting around explaining everything. Even I was like, I'm a werewolf. Like, is that cool? (laughs) See, that was my only only time. Well, not only time, but like one of the very few times you're disappointed with Oz. I'm like, even Oz cut off Buffy Buffy while she was talking. I know. Oz. I know. How dare you? Uh, Oh, oh, do you guys remember the three? That's right. You've never met the three. Well, there was three. Something occurring. Uh, now, you both killed vamps, and who could blame you, but I'm, I'm wondering about your position on werewolves. Oz is a werewolf. It's a long story. I got bit. Apparently not that long. How could yeah, you? They were doing their best, though. Yeah. Well, this episode, some people think it's about some things, and some people think it's oh, about... I do. Sex. I Daniel. think the show is all about sex. <laughs> There's so much sex in this episode. It's true. Everybody got called a slut. <laughs> Xander 
Well, oh, you want a date? I saw that half smile, you little slut. <laughs> Yeah, Slutorama, Cordelia. Who's that? <laughs> okay, she said, check out the Slutorama and her Disco Dave. Okay, yeah. So apparently, Disco a... Dave is called that character. I thought she said Disco Date. Oh, because that would make Me sense. Too. But then the subtitle said Dave, and looking on the Wikipedia, Disco Dave. What is a Disco Dave? Just an the alliterative name. name that to go after Disco. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, and then uh, what's the last guy? Well, yeah, what's the last thing that guy danced to? Casey and the Sunshine Band. How dare you? Hi. I'm Casey of Casey and the Sunshine Band, and I'd like to say hello to all our fans in Holland. The Avro Radio and Television Tip of the Week is, I'm your boogeyman. <laughs> um, but then after, like, Cordelia's helpful exposition about who um, Faith is, when she, like, went through, oh, so Kendra died, and then, <laughs> thanks, Cordelia, for that, because I'm sure people forgot. Explaining every to everyone that just tuned in on the third season, like, oh. Exactly. I get what's going on here. And then Faith said, Isn't it crazy how slam just always makes you hungry and horny? Well, sometimes I, I crave a non-fat yogurt afterwards. I get it. And then, of course, Willow and Xander uh, are smitten with Faith in their own ways, and then Giles even gets flattered. Uh, and then Cortelia suggests role-playing as a slayer. What is it with you and slayers? Maybe I should dress up as one and put a stake to your throat. Oh, please, God, don't let that be sarcasm. Uh, and then Faith repeatedly tells Buffy that you're wound up too tight, and then later something in your body needs uncorking. Yeah. Willow even implies uh, with what's-his-face, Scott Hope, uh, when you're done with him, quote unquote. So it's like Buffy's like has used him enough or whatever. So there's uh, that implication as well. Uh, and then of course, I think there's something that's got to be said about Faith's enormous stick killing. Uh, <laughs> that was quite. And quite. then of course, Boreana's butt. Of course, yeah. All the Boreana's butt. So Boreana's butt. <laughs> lots of like sex, and I think it's just also what you're talking about that we love about Buffy is like our characters are coming to their to the front. Uh, Willow especially that we're going to delve deep into all of that and a lot of this season is like people having sex for the first time or to do that thing with your mouth that boys like oh I didn't mean that bad thing with your mouth I meant that little half smile thing you're supposed to stop me when I do that I like when you do that Mm -hmm. I think this is putting it right out there and I kind of forgot that Faith had sex with Xander and so Mm -hmm. clearly that's going to be during the zip it's like your favorite episode I know horrible we're just going (laughs) to everything comes to a head so I'm interested to kind of keep going with that teenage stuff because it's hard when you grow older to like you know just you don't really think about any of this anymore because you already kind of did it so it's fun to like watch them going through it and sort of reliving those things so well faith is nothing but supposed to be like i'm this like sex animal i'm this raw Mm -hmm. person and buffy's never like that and i mean not until later seasons she doesn't ever really talk about or i mean she has like the fun little innocent talk with willow about oh boyfriend but like Faith kind of puts everything out there and mm-hmm. and makes them confront that stuff. Even yeah, talk the role play thing with Xander. Even as gross as that is, it's like that's a adult ass theme we just went to. That's something that people <laughs> like, do, yeah. So it's it's definitely something that Buffy herself as a character doesn't really explore and goes out of her way to deny. Like the hungry and horny thing is true, and I think that's why in that moment she feels so weird because oh well, I've never she's never related the two in her head. But I think it's legit because most of her sexual experiences happen right after she's 
done some slaying. Like, it's, I mean, it makes sense. You're all, like, hopped up. Your adrenaline's going crazy and whatever. So, like, it's it's interesting that Faith would immediately put that out there without any thought of, like, is this a weird thing to say? Whereas Buffy's like, ah, I'm thinking about, ah. I just love the whole, all the friends just, like, turning to Buffy and she's like, oh, God. I'm, like, non-fat yogurt. (laughs) Great, great, great. I think it makes sense for Faith's character because she clearly seems to use her sexuality as a weapon. Thanks, B. Even just the way that she was, like, luring the vampire to -hmm. kill him. She did it because she, you know made him want her sexually and she was like yeah let's just go out into the alleyway and like get this done well i was worried about the <laughs> and, hotel guy when they were having the conversation yeah, yeah right that was gonna get was gross like, real quick yeah, yeah so i think that makes sense and like buffy's never done that mm. oh yeah 18 dollar motel that's super cheap so cheap like that's, that's not real. cheaper than like normal rent yeah. oh yeah mm. yeah Amazing. i mean when we were in europe looking for places to stay we were trying to stay under 20 bucks and it was tough yeah yeah it seems possible I, uh, for not the first time, am disappointed by Buffy's lack of lore, attempt at lore, and failure at lore. So, Kikistos is yet another example, at least with the Master, we had a whole season with him, but the Judge is the only thing that comes to mind immediately, is how we have this character that's supposed to be super overpowered, uh, world-ending type figure, that, uh, not that Kikistos was mentioned that he would end the world, but he's supposed to be the worst of the worst. Like, he dies immediately. In fact, he gets maybe two and a half minutes screen time. Um, and I understand that this show is structured as a Monster of the Week show. I get that. That's fine. However, I, I, I just wish they could utilize, and they do with Trick. They have a mini arc with him. I wish they could have utilized that. Just give, just make him stick around for six episodes or just don't kill him. Like, you didn't have to kill him. You still could have made him a menace. Like, and you, you didn't... Like Ethan Rain, right? Ethan Rain is just kind of this annoying guy that pops up for funsies and then goes away. Mm-hmm. And I love him a lot. Why couldn't we have done that with another? Like, the, they have no foresight. And they don't care about backstory. And the whole ramping him up, like, he's so old. His hands are cloven and his feet are cloven. And, but we don't ever touch on that. And that's never been really established. Like, it's implied the master, his fit, like... Again, this is all retcon. We're all putting this on to act the fact like, oh yeah, the master looked like that because he was like turning into a bat kind of. Like he's his features are so exaggerated because he's so old. Uh, but that's nobody's ever explicitly said that in the show. Uh, and with Kikisos, it's like this dude's so old. They and- say that in Angel. Do they? That's where I got the idea from. Okay, good. Well, they have that um, episode where they go to the different world that the green guy's from, Lauren. Splurge. Like Skirtlerb. And then Angel gets his like demon face, and Lauren makes some sort of comment like, Yeah, every vampire has a demon within them. Like, the longer they live, like, the Mm. more pronounced it becomes. And I thought that was like referring to like the master. He's so old that he looks more like a demon than he does a human now. Right. And that's kind of the thing that they said with Kikisos, too. And like the fact that his face can't change like into a human form, per se. Like, he's just this monster thing now. Um, And then he's supposed to be super overpowered. You know, like, he's super strong, and um, he has better endurance, and he obviously can't be killed by a regular stake, especially when you stab it six inches below the heart, but... Uh, he got outed like that. Instantly. He got, got in seconds. Um, so it's it's really frustrating, because they could do cool stuff. They could have mini arcs. I looked into Kikistos, because I was like, maybe we've done that. Maybe we've done a little bit of altering of history. Maybe we added stuff to the back. There's no other mention of Kikistos in canon ever again. He does show up in five different things. Uh, the big... Biggest thing is, and it's crazy this happened in 2009, so we all know that the st- stories carry on in the comics. 
starting 2007 with Buffy season eight and Angel after the fall. Sometime during 2009, while Angel and Faith was running, or even possibly after the fall still, IDW came out with this not canon, not nothing to do with Angel and Faith one shot called Blood and Trenches. It was a three or four issue series where Angel, set during World War One, Angel is like helping fight somebody or something and who shows up other than Jeffrey Wyndham Price? That's right, grandfather of Wesley Wyndham Price because of didn't course. Didn't know the world needed that. Mm. Didn't, didn't need it. Um, and yeah, at some point Kikiso shows up, he's heading a cult of vampires, which explains kind of the robes called... Mm, okay. Antimore, Cult of Antimore, which are led by a vampire named Crickus. None of this matters. Uh, and he takes it over, I guess. And Angel and him fight, but he gets away. And uh, during this whole miniseries thing, uh, there's a German soldier that's locked up with Angel or something. No. And he gets let out. And apparently, like, one of the last panels of the comic is that no. soldier was none other than Adolf Hitler. <laughs> that isn't the most fucked up. Uh. Like, what are they implying that like shit? angels he could have prevented, prevented it like, it's, I that's infuriating even, I mean thank god that's it's not really canon bad. but like what the fuck ever and apparently Kikisos is also mentioned in um, Spike and Drew uh, novel that happened okay. and a couple other things that, that aren't but he, it's never like really explained the, the cloven foot thing is never explained why he's a badass is never explained you're definitely overthinking this this was a joke for taquitos. That's all. And there is no it was a reason. Joke. What rhymes with taquitos that sounds slightly Greek? Kakisto? Cool. Let's just yeah. roll with that. The one that nearly bit me mentioned something about kissing toast. He lived for kissing toast. You mean Kakistos? I think it was taquitos. Maybe he lived for taquitos. What? Apparently in season 10, they're going. I haven't read season 10 yet. I should go do that. But um, they talk a lot about the old ones. Uh, Arceus is supposed to be. Like the father of vampires that gets revol- revived, and he's supposed to have been the first demon that actually bit a human to turn, make his army against whatever. I feel like we talked about the firsts and all these things so many times. Like, who the fuck is really the first? Yeah. Because that will not end up being the first, because when they need a first again, they'll be the real first. They'll be the real first. The first is first. Someone the first. That was the whole season seven, right? The first. Yep, the first evil. So, how is there one before? No. Yeah, so. Well, it wouldn't be the first evil, it would be the first vampire creation. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. It's, his name is Malakur, the oh, old God, one. I need to Not to be confused with, what was his name? Malkor? <laughs> the guy from I, Robot, You, Jane? Oh. oh. Well, no. she called him Malcolm. What was his name? Malcolm, Malak, whatever he's called. So I think part of the reason why we get these highly overpowered demons that in the end mean literally nothing is that it's a monster of the week show. And so they need a monster of the week. But if it was a vampire every time, it would be incredibly boring. So they have to come up with a new monster of the week and then fill out the episode with fighting vampires. Yeah. And so they just needed something. And they were like, well, what if he's just really old so he looked more monstery than other vampires? Like, we just have different versions of super vampires throughout the whole show. And I think, yeah. you know, we have it with Dracula. It's like a super vampire. We've got, like, the actual uber vamps. We had the master. Like, I feel like this is just, like, a common theme of, like, different... For even Angelus is kind of like a super vampire on his own. It's just a TV trope, and they were not thinking about TV the way we think about TV today. Yeah. That's obvious, and they yeah. just didn't really care about it. We got to make. I mean, they could have this. made they him a bigger villain and stretched it out over a couple of episodes, and that probably would have been more satisfying. But then, who would have been their big villain that they had to fight? That Faith could have had catharsis with. Like, how do you end that episode if it's not her killing him? Yeah. 
it's like how do we convention. move forward we wouldn't yeah. do that today you wouldn't write i mean th- we do procedurals and stuff like that but even the monsters of the week are expected to have some kind of this stuff is expected more lore is expected more than it was back then especially yeah. for a teenager show i mean it's just a show for teens like i'm sure they were not even thinking that anybody needed to know any of this why even put our efforts into it whereas now like game of thrones can't get you can't do shows like that unless there's a reason for things that are told off screen. You need to have all of that to yeah. bring people in. People want that kind of TV. It's true. You'd also have to develop faith because of that reason for it. Um, you'd have to develop her differently. You have to make her a more fleshed out character who's more uh, honest about her pain and what's fucked up about her because her and Buffy would have to deal with it. It wouldn't just be like, well, the good thing that guy's dead. Now I can go on to being this person that... I'm putting on airs for the rest of the world. Well, I'm a she, cool badass. And in this episode, she puts on airs, and that's fine that she was lying and, like, she's, in fact, scared or whatever. Like, that's fine. That was a great, like, one-story arc, but I feel like that never goes away. We just keep doing that push and pull the whole time. Whereas, like, they should just be friends at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, they should be, like, game-recognized game. Like, let's do this together. It just seems crazy that they're, like, we're, let's just keep fighting just to fight. Well, that, that's sake. why T dies at the end, and they're, like, okay, mm-hmm. this is the most expeditious way to get to there. Mm-hmm. Like, we're fine. What you must realize, Buffy, is that you and Faith have very different temperaments. Yeah, and mine's the same one. The girl's not playing with a full deck, Giles. She has almost no deck. She has a three. If we've got this lore that the longer vampires are alive, the more they le- like, the less they look human, the more monstrous they look. Why doesn't Angel, when he comes back from hell, because he's been there for hundreds of years, have cloven hands and feet? Good point. He should look like a bat. He should be <laughs> disgusting. We should have had a monster, a naked, sweaty monster, fall out of the sky and ruin everyone's day. <laughs> a monster, uh, the whole body of a monster, but David Boreanaz's ass. Just, <laughs> yes, is, just still, still his ass, yes. but yeah, the face and hands and feet of a yep. cloven goat bat monster. Be amazing. What a yep. different show. What she's a like making show. out with cloven bat monsters. Oh, no. Instead of David Boreanaz. <laughs> Oh, no. Can't have that. No, no, no. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll continue to be disappointed with the, the show for doing shit like <laughs> and that. I'm here for your disappointment. Because <laughs> I can't help it. I just want, I want it to be better so bad, but it's hard to change a show that happened 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also put on the expectations of today. Like you said, One that's a good, good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truly impossible. I mean, if, if part of the mission of this podcast is to do kind of a retrospective on Buffy versus mm-hmm. today, like that's one of the things. Mm-hmm. And some could say that I should just shut up and realize that that's, that's not going to change, one. And two, that's just the way it was then. But no, I'm disappointed. My I life think, is better now, and I want my TV show that I, I love to be better. Want, you want Joss Whedon. I like, it would be enough, honestly, if Joss Whedon sat down and was just like, made made the lore. If he just made yeah. the lore for it. Well, the problem then, is Joss Whedon's not good at plot. Yeah, and doesn't care. He's really good at characterization and, and like dialogue and, and like characters interacting, and that's obviously why Buffy thrives, but it's also literally the entire plot of Dollhouse is look at me make different characters and have them interact with each other. But nothing happens. (laughs) None of these people are real. (laughs) Like (laughs) it's just like that's what what he does. Even like the Avengers movies, he was like, I can't deal with who's that big bad guy? Thanos. I don't know what to do with him. I don't want to do it. Yeah. How's everything otherwise? Stoke for Avengers? 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 I hear Marvel got really hands-on this time. They really pinned in Joss Whedon creatively, so how could that go wrong? Okay, see ya. Well, that's why I kind of brought that up last week. I don't know that he is great about story. I think that's why he leans on the monster thing. I don't really know what to do with this scene. I'll just put a monster in it. I don't really know what to do with the monster I made. I'll just kill him. Like, 
I think that that is a huge struggling point. Sure. Also, while I was thinking about it, uh, I listened to this other podcast, I'm Gay Politics, and one of them is an actress. Anyway, well, they're both actresses, I guess. They were talking about, because I used to have a, kind of a negative opinion about Sarah Michelle Gellar because she always seemed kind of jaded about the role and was upset that people pigeonholed her to being Buffy all the time. And um, I was like, why would you want to quit after seven years? And um, one of them on the podcast was like, she was doing fucking shoots in the middle of the night, doing crazy shit, jumping over stuff, and just like, that girl was working. And that's what everybody said about her, that she was mm-hmm. like the most professional. She fucking mm-hmm. worked. And I just like, I don't know, watching this show this time around, it, I've been trying to notice that a lot. And she, that's Sarah Michelle Gellar is the show, weirdly she enough. Is. Yeah. <laughs> Not weirdly incredible. enough. She is the no, show. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, of yeah. course she, she's fucking Buffy. Yeah. But like, thinking about her, like. She's incredible. She's her the so actress cool. not just as like this is a fictional show that I'm watching now that's all I'm thinking about trying to figure a bit more yeah. meta level good timing I could use your help I trust you remember the demon of Cutler Giles contain yourself yes I'm back in school but you know how it embarrasses me when you gush so let's just skip all that and get straight to work oh ah uh, I um well, well of course it's wonderful to have you back it goes without saying you enjoy making me say it, don't you? Okay, Kathleen, huh? What are you doing? It's time to yell! I started by yelling. Daniel! First of all, <laughs> Martha Stewart knows jack about handcuff prosciutto. Probably not true. I bet she knows a lot about prosciutto. Prosciutto. Bullshit. Zaysha! <laughs> oh, God. I didn't know you were the judge, jury, and executioner on all of these Whoa. things. I ran the statistical analysis, and hello, darkness. <laughs> yeah, trick. Mm. When, um... The trick is setting up the layer for Kikisto. He's like, get a T3 line in here. Get like 2,400 megs. Yeah. Or 23 megs per. Jack yeah. in. Oh, Jack in a T3 line? What did I do? I wrote it down. Yeah. Yeah, Jack in a T3. He's jacked in. Printed page is obsolete. Information isn't bound up anymore. It's an entity. The only reality is virtual. If you're not jacked in, you're not alive. I missed that. I He's loved the, the music during the fight with uh, Kikistos. was amazing. Was that Christophe back or whatever? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was the one in Discord. That was the only time. I never really noticed the music at all. But it was so jaunty and fun. I like little, <laughs> little chimes, little bells and stuff. It was fun. There was definitely like a guitar-like thing going on during no, one of the... No, no, so. I, don't know. I just kept pointing out the sad, spuffy refrain that we kept hearing. No, Not spuffy. Like, what is it? Bangle. Bangle. That's what they get called. Oh, that's a thing? Yeah, Buffy Oof. Angel. I never heard that one. Well, yeah, but so the sad like little refrain that you hear with Buffy and Angel... Um, before it wasn't so sad, and now it's like, yeah. <laughs> and cl- she's just like, eyes. I'm so sad, mm-hmm. looking at like her ring or whatever. Did anybody feel that excited about being a senior in school? I'm giddy. Oh, I like you, giddy. Always have. It's the freedom. As seniors, we can go off campus now for lunch. Like, were you allowed to eat off campus? I know you famously Did were not involved in this. Did you? Could you eat off campus? And were you excited to be a senior? She's stoked. We could, but I can't. I don't think it was specifically for seniors. I think it was once you're in high school, you could leave. You're just good. Yeah. 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 Nope, I was chained in. No no leaving for me. Even yeah. as a senior? Mm-hmm. Didn't have your senior moment? I mean, if you didn't no, have a does. car, there wasn't anywhere to go. Oh, no, there's no You'd have to walk real far, and you wouldn't be able to make it. But uh, once you had a car, we would go to, like, Dairy Queen and stuff. Just go wherever. Nice. Yeah. Station. Welcome to Happy Burger, home of the Happy Burger. Can I take your order? <laughs> Never seen again. Oh, really? Yeah. Never see Happy Burger again? No. Damn. We that place move on to the, very sad. Oh, yeah. Terrifying. Move on to Double Eat Palace. Mm, that's right. Pretty sure you couldn't squeeze a ring so hard that your blood would just come gushing out of your hand. I'm pretty sure you would just kind of like sink into your hand a little bit. That's, that's it's it. called symbolism. I know. 
I love Giles and Willis talking to one another because it's not often that we get two 10 of 10s in an episode. Just chatting, just shooting the shit. I love when Willow just like just throws shade on Giles. It's like, you hear that clucking sound, <laughs> sir? Because he's so English, he can't do anything right. And then he come, brings it back. He brings it all back on her. It was fantastic. Hi, Giles. That was really fun. And then her face like, so you did hear me. <laughs> <laughs> but she's just so cool now. Like, she doesn't even care. She's just she like, is. That's what I'm saying. You got it. I'm going to be a magic. I'm going to be a magician. I'm going to be a witch. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Willow the magician. Yeah, I'm going to be a witch, and you can't fucking stop me. That's all I heard out of Willow's entire demeanor. It's, it's true. Mm-hmm. What does Marnock's root in virgin saliva make? Oh, we'll never know. Virgin saliva. I know, right? That's rough. Thanks, B. Too much sex time. You're right. I know. Um, n- enough can't be said about it. Scott Hope, nice guy TM. Luckily, he doesn't stick around too long, but just long enough to be extra irritating. Ring... As a first gift to somebody you don't know. What was the deal with that? I hated I, I hated that. I hated, um, yeah, the shoehornness of it all. Uh, he did say mosey. I'm with, um, Oz, yeah, with Oz on the moseyness. Plus bonus points for use of the word mosey. And I do enjoy when they wanted to go to the Buster Keaton movie thing and he just says Keaton is key out of nowhere. It's like, <laughs> you're kind of fun. I don't hate you for, you know, but I know I'm going to. And that's my problem. But then when Boreana's butt showed back up, I was like, oh, it's over. I didn't realize it happened like Immediately, that. Immediately, yeah. Yeah, so Scott Hope was never, he never stood a chance. Scott Hope has no hope. It's true. true. Aha! Sorry. I just meant, aha! Scott so, Hope so. of Faith, Hope, and Trick, famously. Oh, yeah, wow. I was going to rant about that because I was like, we know who Faith is, we know who Trick is. And then they just added a third one because Faith and Trick doesn't sound right. No. Scott I did not know that. Yeah, well, the only reason to the station pointed out yesterday, that's the only reason I realized. And also, apparently, it's a play on Corinthians 13, 13. Uh, all you need in life is faith, hope, and love, and most importantly, love, or something like that. So it's faith, hope, and trick instead of gotcha, hope, and love, I guess. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly. But then, face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. A little bit of Bible info for you, Daniel. Thanks. Oh, was it me again? The Cotswolds. That's a place in England. That's a place in England. Mm-hmm. It's in South Central England, containing the Cotswolds <laughs> Hills which is an AONB, which is an area of natural beauty as of 1966. Oh. It contains the golden-colored Cotswold stone, and maybe you might see some Cotswold lions there that there are a breed lions. of sheep. <laughs> yeah. If you're I was going to say there are sheep. <laughs> if you're going to go to visit, you can pick up Cotswold Life magazine. This March, they suggested the prettiest places to visit. You can go to Blockley, Lower Slaughter. Lower Slaughter is a classic example of a Cotswold village with a babbling brook, Charming gardens and a working watermill. Kingham, which is a community you'd expect to find in a storybook. Mickleton, Bibbury, Burton on the Water, Bredden Ashton Underhill, and Naughton. And if you can't visit, you can glimpse Cut the Cotswold Hills in Harry Potter, Bridget Jones's Diary, Pride and Prejudice, and Braveheart. It's also the exterior shots for Downton Abbey. Wow. The present day beauty of the Cotswolds was the result of an economic disaster. Wool was a huge industry in medieval England, and Cotswold sheep grew the very best. According to a 12th century saying, in Europe, the best wool is English, and in England, the best wool is Cotswold. 
And later we learn that Giles loves a good kayak. So presumably, there's some good kayaking in the Cotswolds. Who knew? Wow, that was really informative. Yeah. What a yell. Yeah. I like that moment after Faith kills the first vampire when we see her in the bronze and she takes the stake from Buffy and kills him and then afterwards is like, thanks, Thanks, Faith, and I have done it without you. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, oh, you're the worst. (laughs) Also, great intro. Great intro to a character, though. Uh, Charisma Carpenter is looking gorgeous in this episode. I don't know if anybody noticed. Oh my gosh, she's got like a fun little crimp in her hair. She's just looking, she's glowing. It's not that red dress. Like, yeah. You know, and then she's like, what are you doing with Xander? Jesus Christ. Also on the fashion tip, Xander's like, uh, tank top with an open button down shirt. Look, it's going to disappear as soon as it came. It's only been in the last three episodes. I think it's gone already. So. If well, only we'll Buffy's see. bangs were the same way. You don't like the, the weird white bang? It looks terrible. <laughs> You're talking about like Willow blossoming under her new fashions and everything. And I was like, and Buffy is taking a huge step back. I, know, I like it. It looks terrible. So bad. You know. I like that single white female and five by five are slang that I'm supposed to know. So five by five I is, know is a weed uh, creation, I believe. Oh, yeah. I've never heard oh, one wow. Single white female is a movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's a big thing. I knew about that. Yeah. But I'm the one getting single white female here. There's a poster in the background of oh, one of the scenes wow. in the hallway. And there's a picture of a beer. Yep. And we were just like, does that say rapes? I don't think here? that was a beer. I think that was a glass of someone putting something in it. Oh. Like a, like a date rape drug. Right. Could the glass not have been beer? I don't. It looked like a glass of water to me. Okay. But I think the point is, watch your glasses because high school boys are rapists. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, always put the onus on the victim and never say, hey, boys, stop raping. Say, hey, girls, watch out. You'll probably be raped. Yeah. Yeah. Live in fear your entire lives. Clearly exactly. effective. Effective yes. way to handle things. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that was pretty terrible. Drank beer and and uh, still do. So whatever. I think you've probably had beer, Senator, and, and so... So I, you're saying there's never been a case where you drank so much that you didn't remember what happened the night before or part of what happened? That's You're asking about, yeah, blackout. I don't know. Have you? Could you answer the question, Judge? I just so you—that's not happened. Is that your answer? Yeah, and I'm curious if you have. I have no drinking problem, Judge. Yeah, nor do I. Okay. The final thing I got is that we don't talk about continuity enough, and it—we it, don't know the time frame between Dead Man's Party and this. But I did find it interesting that some of the things we talked about last week are being settled, like Buffy. If she got, if she learned her lesson in any way, she did open up to Giles and to Willow, especially at the very end when she was very cathartically telling them that the spell worked, which does confirm that the spell, it it does come up again. Angel was cured. I'm sorry. When I killed him, Angel was cured. Your spell worked at the last minute, Will. I was about to take him out, and um, something went through him, and he was Angel again. He, he didn't remember anything that he'd done. He just held me. Um, but it, it, was, it was too late, and I, I had to. So I, I told him that I loved him, and I kissed him, and I killed him. And, uh, and just, like, bringing back Akathla is really weird, especially because we've talked about how monsters don't really matter and Akathla is terrible. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that she did open up uh, for Angel, but about Angel, 
but Joyce never did learn any lesson because Joyce is the worst in this. And um, as we've talked about many times and will again, she um, just cuts off her daughter and just is a better mom to Faith. Well, let's let's hold that until we get to rankings when Kelly somehow manages to justify an eight for her. There is one out of clip soundbite that I cannot wait to play over and over again where Joyce says, Oh, I hate this. I hate your life. Yep. (laughs) Out of context. I just stared at Kelly for like 30 seconds straight after she said that and she kept watching the show and then looking at me staring at her and then going back to the show and like looking back over. And it's not fair because she in that moment was like, I don't want you to die. But like, do you get points for not wanting your child to die? Like, what is wrong? with you well and i also thought it was rich i'm pretty sure that kelly took this as a good buffy like mom moment but i was like not only are you like throwing away all of buffy's accomplishments and all the work that she's put in but you're ready to heap all of that onto another 16 year old girl who has no family or support system (laughs) she's just like this runaway piece of garbage can totally die and it doesn't matter so why don't you just give your job to her let's move on (laughs) yes let's move on we'll talk about joyce in a little bit I mean, I've said I've said my piece. I am done. Stacey, do you have anything else to go? No, I feel satisfied. The props in the library scene are definitely holding up Meg and fucking oatmeal. That is not a Marnox word. I don't know what she's talking about. I don't know if anybody saw that, but that is absolutely not. I don't know a lot stuff. of the words you said. <laughs> I don't didn't realize library, she had a prop. Well, they're like in the library when she's talking about the virgin saliva stuff. Oh, yeah. There's stuff in front of Giles that he's going to be using for oh, the Akatha gotcha. spell. And it's like definitely a bowl of dried oatmeal <laughs> and a little jar of nutmegs. I mean, it wasn't a real <laughs> spell. So I think that makes sense. He's I just mean, like going through his there. kitchen, like what looks witchy, just dumping some stuff in his bag before he heads to the library. <laughs> he's probably, yeah, just Puffy making, never know. He's yeah. making <laughs> breakfast, but everything has to be mysterious. So he's like, oh, yeah. I'm just about to make oatmeal. like, no, no, that's for a spell. <laughs> this, this is Marnox's You probably I haven't heard of yeah, it. <laughs> it's not a balanced breakfast for sure. So Kikisis was thwarted by a fucking door famously in season one. Buffy couldn't hold the door against a vampire, just a regular ass vampire. But yet somehow she's able to stop Kikistos, the worst of the worst, by holding a motel door. Now he does break it down, but she stops him with if, one hand. If only Xander was there to help hold the door. I know. He would have never came in. He would have been fine. never would have came in. How could he come in? He wasn't invited. Isn't he a vampire? Is he a vampire? Oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's a public dwelling, so oh. they'll actually establish over multiple different. Uh, Does it count though? Because she's kind of living there, and dorm rooms count. Well, that's like that is actually a tiny bit of lore. They do that multiple times. Angel is able to break into um, motels and stuff like that. So good yeah, to that's... know motels are dangerous. Yeah, yeah. vampires. Cool. I work in a motel. <laughs> um, it's over. Vampires just walk in. They're missed opportunity for Giles to say a plunge and move on after understanding that Faith is overzealous when she's punching the shit out of the guy. Gotta plunge and move on. Plunge and move on. Plunge and move on. Plunge and move on. Plunge, plunge and move on. Plunge and move on. Plunge, plunge, plunge. You can't just beat the shit out of And that would have worked out for our sex. It totally would have, yeah. I know it's a little late, but did anybody learn anything? I don't think I learned anything, but I'm just curious. I'd like to throw it out there just in case somebody learned something. I mean, I guess the lesson is you need to let it go. You need to let your friends in so you can move Wasn't on. Wasn't that last week's lesson? It's, it's the last three episodes. You need to let it go. You so is that something you isn't the, isn't the lesson to find an adult to help you when <laughs> you have true. problems yeah. in your life? That is true. Oh, I did have a question. So why do... What is your theory as to why Giles kind of knew innately that there was more to the angel story? Because he did press her. I mean, he came up with a whole little ruse with oatmeal. So why... How did he know? I mean, I think he knew that... I don't know that he knew that there was more to it, but obviously what happened with Angel was the reason she left. 
Right. So he knew something traumatic happened, and he also knew she didn't want to talk about it. So how do you get her to talk about what happened? I think the show benefits from it being a couple of days, so they have not had a one-on-one experience yet since then, even though it's been, like, months in real time. But, like, yeah, I think that he just knew. Like, killing Angelus, I don't think. Like, he, he knows her. And killing Angelus probably would not have put him over, her over the edge. Like, killing Angel would have. Gotcha. I don't even know, because I think his face after she said that was kind of like, oh, no. Yeah, I can't you really know? tell. I can't really tell with him. Kind of like that moment when she was like, I think I was in heaven. And then everyone was like, oh, no. That's a fair point, yeah. <laughs> we, should, we should start taking screen grabs of his face. Yeah, I mean, I think he looks like pretty, pretty like, oh, that's awful. I didn't realize like things were that bad. Like, I think he was just like, I know you need to talk about this, and this is the best way I can think of to by tricking you into it. But do so? Are you implying that he never had a spell? Well, he did. He didn't. He he said that. He said that at the end. Because Willow was like, I know you don't want me doing witchy stuff, but like, please let me help. I could help you with a spell. And then Giles is like, There's no spell. Why her? I just I read that as. I was going to do a binding spell because he was in hell, but now oh. that I've learned that there wasn't, he was not binded or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was just a person being sucked to hell. I can no longer, my spell would not work oh, no. anyway. So there no. is. Well, no I don't spell. think he was going to bind Angel. Like, well, I don't know what a binding spell is. I thought a cough love. Right. What did he want to do with the cough? Make sure he didn't come back. That's why the whole yeah. thing's really flimsy, and that's why in the scene with the library, See, he gets really that. flustered, like he won't explain what's going on to Willow because he doesn't have an answer because it's a lie. Oh, I, I mean, I think it makes angel. I think yeah. it makes sense though because they did have to do that like ritual with the master's bones to keep him from bones. yeah to keep him. Oh, from I'll never forget back. the ritual. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. So it's not the first time they've like vanquished a foe and then had to like deal to make but sure I, that it doesn't happen again. But I guess that's what I was thinking with Angel. Like they were trying to bring him back, regardless of what if it was Angelus. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought because it was Angelus, he could be bound. But because he is just Angel, he is. Just he's out of the scope of the magic that Giles was thinking of. No, it was always a fake spell. He was just trying to get her to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, but that's nice. He's I know, talking. super he's sweet. Nice. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't there for Dead Man's Party, famously. He was not on Mr. a cable. Belladere. So I feel like he would have uh, probably have talked some sense then or tried to. Well, let's rank this sucker. <laughs> yes. It's time. It's time. Willow hacks. We talk about the net seven or do witchy stuff. Or do witchy gotta, stuff. Right, right. I mean, we didn't actually do any witchy stuff, but we did talk about witchy stuff. We did, which is new. Even if it's fake witchy stuff. Giles, nine. Ooh. Didn't get knocked out. He didn't really get in a fight or anything. But the Watcher's Council stuff was adorable because he's like, I want to go on a retreat. And he was rocking the corduroy and He was so tweed. sad about that retreat. He was so mean. The fine Cotswold towns fell into a depressed time warp, becoming sleeping beauties. Um, but yeah, and then the whole tricking Buffy into... Making her feel better. Yeah. <laughs> that was really sweet. She needed to be tricked into feeling better. It's true. All right. We'll save Joyce for last, as it tends to be the case now. <laughs> Monster of the Week, eight. Kikistos is a dork, but Mr. Trick is cool. And the idea of Kikistos is cool. Like, again, mm-hmm. where Buffy... The potential. The potential of the things that Buffy starts and never finishes makes my heart hurt and makes me want to give it praise that sometimes it probably doesn't deserve. Yeah. And eight it is for Mr. Trick, mostly. Uh, relationships, nine. Willow is peak Willow. Her and Oz are extra adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xander's on-brand scumbag, but, the, I mean, their relationship is 
the same. Him and Cordelia, it's fine-ish, mm-hmm. I guess. Buffy's doing her best to move on as a character. She's trying. She's opening up. She's letting stuff go. She wants to be normal and date. Yeah. Got hope. Yeah, exactly. She's trying to move on. I mean, it'll definitely work out. Uh, Buffy and Faith struggle a lot, but they get there in the end. And Giles loves Buffy. So, you know, mm-hmm. 9 out of 10. And Joyce. So... Last week we talked famously about where do we start. So you automatically implied that they start at a five. Right. That was contentious before because right. it was. A, so I would I would say that Willow doesn't start at five. She starts at zero. Everybody starts at zero or starts at ten. They either have points deducted because they're perfect specimens or they are just neutral. So they have to work for it. The fives are placeholders so that your votes don't go to cratered because right. zero is not fair. So Joyce would start with a zero, as would Willow, and I think a seven is justified. Because she has earned seven points. Okay, so five should only be if it doesn't exist at all. Because yeah. you can't do anything Yeah, and only two of those people get that. I mean, in theory, right. Giles would get a five, too. Because he is in not some of the older episodes, right? But there's always a monster of the week. And there's always a friendship. So, like, yeah. those will always have a point in your whatever makeup thing. True. Well, I, I thought that was a good argument last week. So yeah. I did start at zero instead of five for Joyce. Uh, however, I did give her a three. So. She's not in it a lot. Yes. That is one point. She does take Buffy to school and helps her with oh Snyder. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, she, she wants Faith to take over so Buffy can be safe. Um, her, but negatives. Uh, her whole conversation with Buffy about, like, I know this isn't a choice for you, obviously. Like, slow your pride parade. Like, it, we cannot any harder say this is a metaphor for coming out of the closet. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Um, so that's a fail. And uh, she doesn't feed Buffy. She can't feed Buffy. Because she's too busy feeding Faith. And even when she tries to feed Buffy, <laughs> she fails. Yeah. And uh, she interrupts Buffy to praise Faith. So, <laughs> not great. Better mom. Although Buffy does say best mom ever. So, uh, Very sarcastically. <laughs> you think so? I think yes. it was earnest. So she gives it three. Well, she was thinking about that one time she got a ride that morning. And best mom ever. Yeah, right? See? Mm-hmm. She's totally three. Real. Oh, also there's a couple of times... In this episode, where sister is mentioned, my new bestest sister, and yeah, something yeah. over, and of course people online are like, nom, 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 nom. this is definitely foreshadowing. <laughs> no, it's fucking not. No, they we didn't know what Dawn was at this. We point. can't even get lore straight with this fucking supposed to be badass vampire. And okay, okay, okay. Kids. Okay, they got plans for season five. Shut right? Up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, episode specific. Thanks, Thanks. B. I couldn't have done it without you. Because I mean, that does sum up Faith as a character, and this episode is just like you know, there's a new Slayer in town. And we're gonna gonna need to work together. We're gonna need to figure it out. Yep. So I gave that an eight out of ten. Total forty four. Number one of the season ahead of Dead Man's Party and Anne in that order. That Two makes one. complete sense. Yeah. I had a hard time ranking this one mostly because I hate my rankings and I wish I had moved things into different spots. Because I'm like, why is um I only have eyes for you so low? I don't know. Because I'm like this episode not as good as I only have eyes for you. And I have to put a lower than that. Yeah. But it is better than some episodes that are above. I only have eyes for you. So, I don't know. I decided to put it at 19 out of 37, which is basically right in the middle. Um, it's right below What's My Line Part 1, where we introduce the better second slayer, Kendra. Sure. And I felt like that was fitting. And it's right above Surprise. Mm-hmm. This is higher than Surprise? That makes sense. Surprise was the weaker the weaker one, one right. of innocence. That's yeah. the one where we get five minutes of them writhing on a bed together and mm-hmm. making weird sounds. Mm-hmm. That's magic. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was our 
that was one of our biggest ones last year was um, I only advise for you. We put it too low, all of us. We put school hard too high. <laughs> so this was probably a classic one where you could make a huge mistake yeah. and put this in a weird spot. I know that I had this way low, like in the 90s, 100s. And I'm tempted to put it back there. But I really did like our conversations with our friends. So I'm going to be a little more generous because like if this is the best that we get with faith, then I'm content with that. I'll put the rest of the faith shit lower. Uh, and I think that's kind of going to be what's coming up. So I'm going to go with 78. Okay. Middle. Yeah. It's whatever. But there will be tons of better episodes out there. So Yeah. That's it. Faith, hope, and trick in the books. Unless you guys have any other parting thoughts. Want to say something really quick? No? Yes? No? Something. Good job. Next week, Beauty and the Beasts. We're going to see what happens to the exciting conclusion of Sweaty Angel Blood. Um, please join us then. In the meantime, if you miss us between now and then, you can always find us at uh, Beat Me Pod everywhere. So that's going to be Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook. Um, and if you're into this sort of thing, you can go to Spotify and find every song that's been on the show so far this season. It's going to be Beat Me hyphen Fun Time Playlist for Podcast Fans. Season 3. So... Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week for Beauty and the Beast. Say just say goodbye. Goodbye. Say just say goodbye. Hopefully we don't get sued by Disney. <laughs> Bye. It's Beauty and the Beast. I can show you the world Shining, shimmering, splendid Tell me, princess, now when did you last Let your heart decide I can open your eyes Take you wonder by wonder Over sideways and under On a magic carpet ride A whole new world